the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us pray. Bless, we beseech thee, almighty God, our country, and all its people. Give thine abundant grace to our president, and to all who bear office throughout the land, that in all things we may be governed righteously and in thy fear. And grant unto us not only such outward prosperity as is according to thy will, but above all things such virtue and true religion that thy holy name may ever be glorified in the midst of us. Amen. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The word of God upon which our message is based is recorded in the first book of Kings, chapter 8, verses 57 and 58. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. This is our text. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, amen. Make a wish. Those are words which we hear repeated many times in the course of a year as we repeat a custom which is perhaps unique to our country. As a cake laden with candles is presented to one who is being honored on his birthday, he's urged to blow them all out and to make a wish. And in fact, we celebrated that custom last week at our congregational picnic, as we noted the birthday of the president of our congregation. Well, a very great birthday is being observed across our land this weekend, and I suppose with special emphasis this coming Tuesday, July 4th, because it's on that day that our country will be 196 years old. That's a lot of years. And a lot of things have happened for better and for worse in all of that time since that fateful day in 1776 when a rather small handful of men, bold men, courageous, determined men, dared to sign their names at the risk of their lives to the Declaration of Independence. And I was thinking that if our country were to observe its birthday in the manner of many individual citizens, I wonder how many wishes, and even more importantly, what kind of wishes would be expressed. But I would like to think that the thoughts and feelings of people of God would go far deeper than that, that we would take this opportunity which God has given us for some much-needed soul-searching. Time to think and to take stock of the blessings which we have under God, to be deliberately sober and serious about it in the midst of all of our celebrating. And in fact, I, for one, find it difficult to know how we can properly celebrate this great occasion unless we have taken the time for just that kind of soul-searching. I'd also like to think that 
people of God would do more than just wish on this great occasion, that we would pray perhaps as never before for the continued blessing and benediction of the Lord on our nation, and that we would resolve with the help of God to commit ourselves, repeat, that we would commit ourselves with all that that means and implies to doing all that we can to get our nation back on a path which is pleasing to Almighty God, our Maker. The first words of this morning's text would serve as a fitting prayer for people of God, namely, the Lord our God be with us. King Solomon, a man of God, highly respected for his wisdom among the godly as well as the ungodly, was the speaker on the occasion of this text a beautiful, a magnificent temple of the Lord was being dedicated. Solomon has just finished a prayer in which he has knelt before the altar of the Lord with his hands spread up to heaven. And then he turns and addresses the people. And the first words which he speaks to them after the prayer of dedication are, in a sense, a prayer, a fervent wish on his part that the blessing of Almighty God would be and abide on all of these people, even as it was with their fathers, those who came before them. This thought, which was expressed by Solomon, should have been enough to stir the memories, stir the consciences of these people, and cause them to hearken back to the days of bondage in Egypt, to think of the great exodus, to think of the sometimes endless wandering in the wilderness, but over all of this, to think of the divine providence of Almighty God, of his great and mighty deliverance to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I would say that in many ways the dedication of that glorious temple of the Lord that day was somewhat anticlimactic. Because in one way, it was a symbol of the many blessings of God in the past. It was a symbol of the sure hope of blessings yet to come to these chosen and favored people. And really, it's right in here that the wisdom of Solomon shows through. And why? Because he acknowledged God as the giver of every good and perfect gift. He acknowledged God as their great protector and deliverer. He acknowledged that their help was in the name of the Lord, not that it was inherent in them or in their wealth, in their power, in their standing among nations of the earth. Well, as we, by the grace of God, celebrate another anniversary of our richly God-blessed nation, I pray, God, that we would take time to take stock of where we are as a nation under God, where we have been, and hopefully where we are going. I believe from my heart that one thing is for certain, and this is borne out, first of all, by the very word of God, and secondly, by the recorded history of men and nations that this or any nation which dares to go it alone 
which dares to live with the false and misguided notion that its sufficiency of itself, any nation which lives in that way, is doomed to failure. That failure may be a long time in coming, at least insofar as men reckon time. But most assuredly, it will come. As I think of this, I think of the Bible's teaching that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Time is not on our side. Time is on the Lord's side. Now maybe to some that sounds too negative, too pessimistic, too ominous and too threatening, and in a way I suppose that it is, except to people of God. People of God are grateful for a reminder from the Lord that we are living in troubled times, that there is a need for all of us, beginning with us, to repent and to return to the Lord. People of God, of all people, know and believe the words of the psalmist, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. People of God, of all people, know and believe the inspired words of the prophet Micah, who said, he hath shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Hopefully, people of God will take the lead in measuring themselves against this standard, the standard which God himself has established. And if we would do that, to our regret, perhaps to our shame, I'm sure that we would have to confess that we fall short of the standard which God has set for us and all men. Now, times have changed, and in a manner of speaking, I suppose we could say that people have changed. But the almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, is the same today as he was yesterday, and the same as he will be forever. And his word of truth never changes. His commandments, his statutes, his judgments. And so the Lord's exhortation to the people of God in Solomon's day is precisely the same as his exhortation to his people today. There is no difference. My voice, my voice is but one small voice of a man of God crying out to our nation and to our world, the voice of one man of God calling God's people to repentance and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Now is the hour. Now is the day of salvation. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Yes, and this is a voice which is admittedly counter and deliberately so to the chorus of voices which are being raised today in outright deliberate rebellion against Almighty God. I say again that I pray God from my heart that we will take time to take stock of the blessings which we have enjoyed in the past, more blessings than we can count. Take stock of the blessings which are ours today, just the freedom to worship among many others, and that we would take stock 
of the promise of blessings yet to come to the extent that we remain faithful to our Lord and our God. Yes, I pray, God, that we would also take stock of what it is that's tearing us apart in our day, our failure to count the cost of some of the detours which we risk taking, detours in the form of lowered moral standards, if not outright rejection of moral standards, the giving to people of what they want and what they demand, the coddling of inexperienced and the immature among us who would lead us astray, the nonsensical whistling in the dark in the hope that our ills will cure themselves instead of rearing up as people of God and putting down those forces which are corrupting and destroying us. In the final analysis, it isn't really a case of one generation, one group, one individual being right and all others being wrong as we find ourselves struggling with and agonizing over the problems which vex us and beset us. Think again. What is really eating away at us like a cancer in our nation and in our society? It is a deviation from the path which God would have us follow. The inherently sinful thoughts and words and actions of natural man are more and more surfacing among us. We find people more and more wallowing in sin and enjoying every minute of it. And all of this is a force, a hellish force to be sure, which must be reckoned with, a force which must be met head on by people of God, and it must be destroyed, else it will most assuredly destroy us. All is not lost. All hope is not gone. Far from it. Solomon, by inspiration of God, gives us the answer that we need. As he exhorted God's people in his day, so this spokesman of the Lord exhorts God's people in my day. To the extent that we are carrying on a romance with the world, we must break off this disastrous relationship. We have no future so long as we insist upon courting the friendship and the love of the world in deference to Almighty God, our Creator. And so I say to you, let's observe this 4th of July celebration as people of God. Let's incline our hearts to the Lord. Let's walk in all his ways. Let's keep his commandments, his judgments, his statutes. Think again. We, by his grace, are people of God. And the love of Christ leaves us no choice. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.